how has no one helped you? How do you have the best people in the world be, have that much success in your career and still have that basic fundamental problem, mm-hmm. right? There's no, there is no space for talking about technology and optimization in that condition. That is unacceptable. And so the first thing I did was went online. I, I found a book uh, on sleep. I can't remember which one it was. And I just bought it for him and sent it to his house. And he's like, man, he, I, I, he came back the next week. He's like, someone sent me this book on sleep. I'm like, that was me. He's like, man, that was you. And he's like reading it. His daughter was reading it. And he would like update me every week. He's like, man, now I'm up to six hours and I feel so much better. I'm like, well, what do you do when you get home? Like, man, I just come home from speaking events and I fall asleep in my, my dress clothes on the couch watching TV. I'm like, man, that's so bad for you. Get your head in the game. Happy 2018 to all you game of lifers out there. Thank you for coming on to another episode of the podcast and we're going to have a great year ahead. And if your resolution was to increase your brain capacity exponentially, We've got a treat for you today. Ryan Glatt of Peak Brain Institute coming at you. And this will be a two-part podcast. I'm going to tour the Peak Brain Institute and actually get my brain checked in depth and go through the whole process. So after I do that, I'm going to come back on this podcast with Ryan and we're going to go through the results. I'm either going to be Albert Einstein genius or yeah, right where I am right now. Let's hope for the first. All right, let's get at it. And remember the three pointers of the week at the end of the show. Stay tuned. We set a baseline for different levels of what they need. If someone wants the focus or if someone wants more more calmness, depending on what it is, three or four different things to their custom needs. And I don't think we yeah, I don't think we use them as like yeah, like test gerbils or anything, but just just set a baseline <laughs> so they know where they're coming in at. You know, like if, okay, I need more, yeah. I, need, I need the clutch gene. I need to be more calm when I'm at the free throw line at the end of the game. Here's where my HRV is now. Here's where my neurocognitive brain waves are going in my left brain, right brain right now. And then they see it improve. Not only is it going to actually help them improve, but it's also going to help them in their confidence, which is, man, to be honest, is like 90% of uh, NBA player success. Absolutely. And, you know, getting a quantitative EEG or a brain mapping like we do at Peak Brain would be part of that process. Yeah. But sometimes that doesn't even do it. Sometimes right. there's peak performers that come in, they get it, and we say something about their brain, it doesn't really register to them. And so that's why having uh, like a questionnaire, both self reported and observational from the coach, having technology like the QEEG, mm-hmm. um, and then just coaching them, having a conversation with them. It's like if you were not you know, watching someone make free throws and you just had a number and you just talked to them about the number of free throws, you wouldn't be a coach, right? And so we need to have that element of coaching in the brain training component as well. So just conversations with these athletes about what they want, what they're motivated by, what their goals are, and what's stopping them from achieving that. And I'll be honest with you, more often than not, the technology actually won't do the job. It's the, the technology is almost like a supplement, but you have to have a really strong foundation mm-hmm. of health. And yeah. that's kind of what I focus on is this field called neurocognitive kinesiology. It's basically combining brain health and physical health. So they're doing training all the time physically, and that has some sort of load on their cognition as much as their bodies. So the WHOOP might measure physical load or their recovery score, but that has insights into their cognition. Um, the training, they ty- the, the type of strength and conditioning they might do, 
will have an effect on their con- con- uh, con- cognition. Sorry, my word finding issues are a little bit troublesome. <laughs> no, no, no. Sleep last night. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another thing sleep, the quantity, the quality. Right. So it, I've seen people get a QEG. They don't have the best lifestyle, but they're professional athletes. There's some areas of red in their brain that they could work on. They do neurofeedback. It helps a little bit, but because they don't change their behaviors or their environment or their their style of training, Mm -hmm. there isn't a change. Or maybe there's a small change, but it's so subtle that they don't buy into it. And then they, they discontinue the neurofeedback, and now they're like really pissed about this concept of cognitive training. And they think it's just kind of woo-woo, right? So right. that's kind of the the importance of this is to um, really look at all aspects of their training and say, what's the effect of this type of uh, resistance training on their brain? If they're doing free throw training with you or something, what's the effect of that on their brain? Like what are you asking of their attentional resources? What are you asking of their consolidation of memory, of motor skill development? Do they have the right sleep or the right physical or cognitive recovery mechanisms to consolidate all that information that you're trying to get them to have? And so those are elements of a program that I would design. And then neurofeedback as something that just kind of lubricates the whole machine to get there faster and more efficiently. So that's the way I would look at kind of what I'm doing is I'm like a a health coach, uh, but for the brain. And we just kind of look at your specific goals and then use tools like feedback to get there. And then we can definitely talk about how to integrate neurofeedback into a physical conditioning program when you might do it and why. And all these little machines are super fantastic, but if you don't know why you're doing it, then you're just doing it because you, you value things like that. And that's good. Most people want to get better when there's, we're in this age of like human optimization. But you, know, you can only spend your time and money so much without purpose. So if we identify... Yeah behind why you're using these machines, they become even more valuable and you're going to get a better result. Yeah, I know. I completely agree with you. And it's just like, it's the same thing. It goes hand in hand with like, if a player's training on court, like I wouldn't tell him, Hey, just, you got to get better at threes. I mean, you gotta, you gotta show them how to do it. You gotta show them exactly why it's going to work for them, how it's going to work for them. Same with this. We could show them numbers and that's what they do with a lot of analytics in sports too. And that's why it's taken so long for teams to actually be able to apply the analytics is you can give them stats you can give them numbers but how is it really affecting them what do they have to change and what do they have to change what do they have to do to make sure they're optimizing the best from it so i i completely i completely agree with you and that'd be perfect like what i'm doing for the athlete of the future developing how an nba player is going to train 10 years yeah. from now and do it right now this is this goes hand in hand with it because it's not just you're not just a one piece tool it's okay we're going to evaluate everything, your nutrition, your sleep, just like you were talking about, how you're training. And this is how you can optimize with your brain. And this is how the neurofeedback's going to help you in all these aspects. But if they're doing just one or two of them, then it's not going to, it's not going to be the full thing. So the full athlete of the future is a commitment to a lifestyle. And this, exactly. this is perfect, man. So we have to just identify what that lifestyle might look like. And uh, I'm a skeptic. Like, I love hanging out with the biohacking crowd and Ben and all these guys. Right. I'm a huge skeptic, and I shit talk all those interventions until I know why we're doing it. And once we have a really, really good assessment and we find a place for these things, then we can get excited about it. Um, 
but it's really hard to, you know, I buy technology all the time and it just ends up gathering dust. So I work at Peak Brain. I get free neurofeedback. I have a home neurofeedback unit. <laughs> I don't do it. I don't do it all the time. Yeah. It like, so I have to look at my, like the sleep, the physical training I do, the way I structure my work days, uh, you know, whether or not I'm multitasking, how I manage my emotions, you know, those are the things that really come down to how your brain structures and functions on a day-to-day basis is the lifestyle. And I think technology has an impact, but I don't know if technology is the actual solution just because that's not how we, we don't live our lives as robots. Right. Um, Yeah. But we can talk about each type of intervention, like why might the chair be useful? Why might neurofeedback be useful and when? Why might, why might a flow tank be useful and uh, and for what purpose, you know? And we can talk about what it might feel like when you need something like a float tank or you need something like neurofeedback because I certainly have those days. Um, yeah. And that, I think that is the program of the future because then we can be specific. Because, I mean, look how much shit's out there now. Like, think about how much there's going to be in five years. There's oh, going to be man. tons of stuff. It's going to be flooded. Man. It's almost going to be like threatening. It's not even going to be exciting anymore <laughs> because it's just like so much shit and probably has zero scientific validation because it's just coming out too fast mm-hmm. and you don't know what works or what might hurt you. So you got to be specific. All right. Welcome back to the Game of Life podcast. We've got Jeremy Lin on. Jeremy, what's going on? The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. He's like the eye of the hurricane because in the middle of the hurricane, it's really calm. And so Michael never tried to stop all the madness around him. What he learned was he just got calm in the middle of it. Stealing that pass at Staples, I was like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Give Kobe a little glance after that. What's up? Uh, you want to be that person that when they walk into a room, that people are happy to see you. Talk to me about working with Ronaldo. You helped coach Ronaldo to become a great sleeper. A human test tube. Thank you, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that's like one notch up from being a human guinea pig. They'll take it. In a good uh, way. And I just pray, man. Like I just pray and I just thank God for, for everything. The moment you realized, man, I'm in the NBA. Oh, man, that was from day one. That was the, the the day I got drafted when I heard my name being called. Buckle up, the Game of Life podcast coming at you, where we bring to you the behind-the-scenes lives of NBA players, business-savvy entrepreneurs, and top-level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and... Like, I like your point, too, of not doing something every single day. Like, we have to make it for these players where it's not like it doesn't seem like some of the biohacking stuff is like, okay, I got to put this in my smoothie and this and this and this. I got And then your your whole, like, morning routine ends up being leading into your night routine and you don't have any time to actually live life. So, yeah, exactly. it's crazy. But, I, yeah. A, I'm a certified, certified bio-slacker. <laughs> I, I only... I only biohack when it's necessary. It's uh, funny, man. I have never heard that term. I like that. That's that's how most people would want to be. They want like I'm a big believer in just doing something, just one thing a, a day to improve yourself, to improve your life. It doesn't have to be everything right off the top, but just continually to make it a lifestyle. And I think I think with this, if we can 
if we can convince NBA players that it's easy to do and and it can just I mean improve daily, then it's then it's a lot more than looking at this thing and being like, oh man, this is so overwhelming and people will be turned off to it. Yeah, definitely. So we can talk about yeah. um, just like lifestyle habits that you can do without technology. And then we can talk about the place of technology um, and just talk about brain health. Like just like we talk about body health and mobility and strength and conditioning, like let's just talk about brain health. Cool, man. And yeah. uh, I think that's going to be really uh, applicable to athletes everywhere and coaches because they can actually take that information and immediately make a difference. There's no product they need to buy. They don't need to seek out a service or a specialist. They can all have the individual authority to change their own brains at any given time. And I think that's a lot more powerful because, you know, while it's tempting for us to be experts and work with these guys, a majority of the people we won't be working with, right? So we have, we have to give these people tools and, mm-hmm. and really be impacting their lives without even coaching them. And yep. I think one way we can do that is with explaining how different aspects of exercise or health and lifestyle behavior change affects the brain. I mean, I'm right on board. It's just not giving someone a fish, but teaching them how to fish. So yeah, just, just exactly. di- dive into it. I think everything you said there is exactly what NBA teams, coaches, players need to hear. And cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, respectful of your you, time. So just keep it, yeah, yeah. Just keep it to whatever you want to do. Okay. Can you tell me some of the main problems that these players or teams run into? Like cognitively or physically? Yeah, for sure. Um, cognitively, they, there needs to be a, an element to figure out how to, how to overcome adversity right in the moment. Being calm in the storm is one of the biggest things in the NBA, in NBA games, uh, for coaches and for players. Um, let's see, physically, physically not knowing exactly like how to maximize their on-court time and training as far as their body goes compared mm-hmm. to how much mental mental focus and um, like maybe virtual reality training they should be doing. Um, and also just being able to be like at, at peace and be able to be, um, I guess just, I mean, calm, focused, and thinking clearly on the court calm focused and thinking clearly awesome and i i actually think a lot of those adaptations happen off the court yes yep um because i'm not an expert um but i i work with the aftermath of something like basketball i was working on a my my favorite client ever was james worthy he's my favorite client ever. that's a great client to have man yeah and we did a lot of manual therapy but you know I remember he came in, I was working at this golf place and you want to learn golf because what do you do when you retire from basketball, right? Good point, good point. So Worthy comes in, just nicest guy, biggest guy I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he just comes in, like, hey man, I'm like, what's up James? And like, we just hit talk and I'd work on his knee because Lombardo, you know, did surgery on his knee in like the mid 1990s or whatever. Oh, I think geez. I was like four years old. And yeah. so we're working on his knee and I was showing him some stuff. I'm like asking about his health because I don't just do massage therapy i want to know about your health and your movement and he um he was basically telling me how he sleeps like for four hours a night and yeah you know and he he basically uh you know from all the travel his circadian rhythm and just all the training and you know his circadian rhythm became trained to be unhealthy and i heard that i'm like how can this 
high-level, accomplished legend, just such a nice guy, struggle from that. Yeah. And, like, how has no one helped you? How do you have the best people in the world be, have that much success in your career and still have that basic fundamental problem? Right there's no there is no space for talking about technology and optimization in that condition. That is unacceptable. And so the first thing I did was went online. I I found a book uh, on sleep. I can't remember which one it was. And I just bought it for him and sent it to his house. And he's like, man, he I, I he came back the next week. He's like, someone sent me this book on sleep. I'm like, that was me. He's like, man, that was you. And he's like reading it. His daughter was reading it. And he would like update me every week. He's like, man, now I'm up to six hours and I feel so much better. I'm like, well, what do you do when you get home? Like, man, I just come home from speaking events and I fall asleep in my, my dress clothes on the couch watching TV. I'm like, man, that's so bad for you. Get your head in the game. Yeah. And so we were just slowly increasing his hours of sleep. And I think that was the best thing I could have done for him. But notice I didn't use any technology. It was behavior change and coaching. And I would just give him little tips like do your, your self-massage, your self-myofascial release on your knee and your leg before bed because you know self-massage increases uh, the warmth of your body and your tissues and that can make you a little sleepier. It's like, oh, sick. So he'd do that and then he'd fall asleep faster and get deeper quality of sleep. Therefore, we're leaving some of the amyloid plaque in his brain because uh, I could tell that you know he, he was a little slow in his cognitive processing speed. But you know I didn't do any assessments. This was just observation and conversation. And so that's the power. Isn't that crazy? I mean before – yeah, before you have any like need to go into neural feedback, like if they're not sleeping right, that's that – you got to hit step number one, two, three, four before you can get to the science-y nitty-gritty. And, and, and exactly. You, and you say like you think like, oh, man, this, this guy like – how does he not have somebody telling him? How does he not have somebody coaching him on this? 90% of NBA players and NBA teams have no idea. It's, 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 yeah. it's crazy to me too. Like I want to talk to him about all the crazy biohacking stuff that can help him just like to the tenth of a tenth degree. But I, I've been talking to Ronaldo's sleep coach, to uh, Pat Byrne, another world-renowned sleep coach, and learning a ton on it as well. And it's just like, man, there's just little – easy things to do each day yeah. like, how do you improve your sleep and it just improves i mean, I mean your whole life that's yeah but let yeah. me ask you something what if NBA, every nba coach was a sleep coach quick break in the podcast of just increasing your brain capacity we got to talk about the sponsor for this week's podcast ample and i'm really excited what ample has coming they're coming out with a new version really soon the keto version of ample and what is Ample? Basically, it's an unbelievable meal ready in moments to give you sustenance without any kind of energy crash. Having quality proteins, healthy fats, fiber, prebiotics, probiotics, and it tastes great. There's a ton of that stuff out there that just tastes like absolute tar, but this is this is great. I drink it, eat it every day, make it into my big old power smoothies. I've had a lot of NBA players ordering it, a lot of friends ordering it, and absolutely love it. This is a game changer. It takes away your even decisions to have or what to make for lunch, and it's just perfect spot on for what you need. They're coming out with the keto version, which I'm really excited about because I'm a big fan of eating healthy fats. And you can get your pre-order now if you enter the code NURSE at checkout. You'll get a 15% discount, big-time discount on your whole order. You can order monthly, bi-monthly, lifetime. I'm not just saying this because I love the guys who made it. 
I absolutely use this every single day and it, it'll, it'll change your health. It'll change the game for you personally. All right, let's jump back into the second half of the podcast and continue to grow your neural optimization with Ryan Glatt of Peak Brain Institute. Let's go. That'd be great if every NBA, NBA, NBA coach knew the importance of sleeping and were able to transfer that to their players. I, yeah. I think that would transfer to more wins for sure. Just, just being able to travel and sleep on an airplane, like one, one aspect of sleep would transfer into wins. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I can send you a checklist, like a sleep hygiene checklist that you can put in the show notes for people to download. It'd be great. Um, and they can just use it on a clipboard with their players or whatever. Be awesome. And uh, let me find – I also have a workplace disruptor assessment. And I say workplace, uh, the, the training environment is their workplace, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you have those, send those over to me and I'll put them in the show notes. And I'm going to send this podcast okay. to NBA teams and coaches – and players so they can hear about it too. I just want to create some clarity and like how do we create simple behaviors around brain health because it's not that complicated. No. Um, and, and there's so much, it's almost ironic because people are saying the solution to brain health is to overload our brains with all these options and information. No, it's the other way around. It's like it's got to be simple information and just like one thing for sleep, one thing for nutrition, one thing for physical activity and good. You're good to go, you know? So we can talk about that um, maybe, you know, let me know if this works, but we can talk about physical activity, yep. um, in the brain. We can talk about cueing. What I mean by cueing is while you're working out, what are you thinking about and how that impacts your cognition? Um, we can talk about types of exercise and its effect on the brain, like cardio versus resistance training, uh, versus like loaded movement training, like all these different types of capoeira like movements and stuff and why would a, why would a basketball player do it um if that's interesting man all this all this is absolutely spot on so people go to the gym to train their bodies right their strength and conditioning programs in the nba because we're looking for a physical outcome mm-hmm. but i don't think people consider cognitive or brain health outcomes as a part of their strength and conditioning. And the reason I think they don't do that is because we don't usually assess cognition. We don't usually have cognitive goals, but clearly you're using your brain as much as your body on and off the court, right? Right. And what I think people need to start doing is considering, well, where does my athlete's attention or me as the athlete, my attention need to be? Um, Do I have good sustained attention? Can I focus for long periods of time? Can I be present when I need to be? Can I turn my brain on and off at the right times, just like a good, uh, like muscle activation or something like that? And then also, can I actually be able to have immediate and delayed recall? Can I be able to um, have my effort of like maximal effort or low effort mentally go on and off at the right times? I mean, these are really important factors of cognitive performance, especially on the court. So when we're doing exercise, uh, we can actually use different cueing. Um, There's a guy named Nick Winkleman who worked for Exos, um, and I think he's working in professional rugby now, and he really popularized this research called attentional cueing or attentional focus and external cueing. And basically what it is is instead of you know, thinking about something inside your body as you're moving. Like if you're doing a squat, it's like get your hips down and try to spread your knees out. Those are all internal cues. 
But let's say you're doing a shoulder press, right? Instead of saying, oh, press, press the dumbbell a little bit more over the shoulder, more, no, no, more towards the middle. The brain doesn't like that. It prefers an external cue. So instead of saying that for a shoulder press, it would be like more punch the ceiling. And the athlete immediately gets that. There's a greater motor learning effect. And there, there is a time and a place for internal cues. Like if you're getting really specific with free throw mechanics and stuff like that, they have to get more intuitive and knowledgeable of their body awareness. But those external cues are really important. So let's say you're doing a squat. Where are your eyes? What are you actually looking at? And you can start to incorporate eye tracking. Like if you had your coach's finger and you're staring at the tip of your coach's finger and he's moving it all over the place and you have to track it as you're squatting, obviously not too much. You might fall. (laughs) You might drop those weights. So there's this inverse relationship between cognitive load, which is like weights on your brain and intensity. So the higher the intensity, the the, the more easy the, the cognitive task needs to be. But stuff like that can really help to train your attentional resources and actually improve performance of the task, meaning better performance in the weight room, better performance on the court if you have the right cue. And then if you can really internalize that cue, um, it'll really do good for your brain in terms of performance um, and should be able to reduce injury as well. Um, so that's one thing people can start doing in in the weight room, on the court, off the court, is start using that balance of internal and external cues. Mm-hmm. Um, and external cues is more f- for performance and motor learning. So if you're trying to learn a task or actually perform a task better, that's when you want to use an external cue. Okay. But there's plenty of studies on basketball players and golfers, like the best golfers, the best basketball players in the world, have a really like dense area of their brain. Like They have this hyperconnectivity in a good way in their brain for areas of being aware of their body. They have to be, right? That fine motor control. We actually call it overlearning. You've overlearned. So right. basically, all you teach is that you, you help people overlearn, right? How to, like how to shoot a ball. So it's overlearning, and that, that requires a deep awareness of the body and where they are in space or proprioception. And that's where mindfulness comes into play. I'd love to see more like Tai Chi style movements involved in training programs, like mm-hmm. slow motion free throws, free throw mechanics or movement mechanics with coupled with breath with a deep focus on your body and just get yourself in a trance in that flow state. That's really good for the brain. So I think coupling those two strategies into strength and conditioning and, and sports conditioning is a really interesting way to start training the brain while training the body. And the reason you want to do that over something like a brain game, like on your iPad, like Brain HQ, is mm-hmm. because that's static. You're not doing anything. And while you're exercising, you have all this blood and neurochemistry in your brain, and your brain's so rich with all these chemicals and all, the, all these fluids that allow neural connections to grow and take place, why wouldn't you train the brain while you're in that physiological state, right? So I think it's a really great opportunity for coaches and players and trainers to start incorporating more of these brain-body techniques. Wow, that's really interesting. I, that's, talk to me about the Tai Chi a little bit more. I've never heard that. and that could go. I think that could go a long ways. Yeah. Well, I'm a really big fan of just deconstructing what it is. So it's yeah. not about yoga. It's not about Qigong. It's not about Tai Chi. Right. I'm a regular practicer of, of Taoist Qigong two or three times a week. And it's been amazing for my brain and body. Um, and, you know, I, I am somewhat a believer in the energy stuff, but I'm very scientific. Yeah. I'm very nerdy, as you know. And yeah. I, I like That's to great. just notice it for what it is. But it's just really slow unloaded movement. So no extra, no weights in your hand. I've seen people do flows with weights 
Uh, and we'll talk about that later. That's also very good for the brain. Okay. But the let's take a movement that's like Tai Chi. Let's say like a lateral lunge with your arms in front of you and you like make a ball of energy and you're just shifting from side to side in this lateral lunge and watching this invisible ball of energy. It's not actually a ball of energy, but you're actually just training your attention on this one thing so you're not getting distracted. I mean, typically in the weight room, we are distracted. You hear all these clanks and yelling and cueing and you're going through your stuff and it's just high intensity. That's not a good place to train your attention. But if you condition the weight room to be a temple, uh, not quiet, but you train your internal temple because it's good to filter out all those distractions and zero in on nothing but that invisible ball of energy or that cue of your hands, like zero in on your hand while you're moving. That will start to train your attentional resources and help you be really calm under movement. And think about what we need on the court. It's being calm while moving under pretty intense loads with lots of distractions while manipulating an object. So that is training the brain on the court, right? So how can you replicate that in the weight room? So Tai Chi has tons of cognitive benefits, so does Qigong and yoga. And if you look at the research, uh, people always improve their cognition, their ability to stay calm. Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and find a Tai Chi teacher, but you can start doing really slow movements, no load with sustained focus and couple your breathing, you know, inhale on the, the exertion, exhale on the, uh, the opposite of that and just start to mess around with it. It might look silly um, and maybe we can do some demonstration videos of that, but that would yield a lot of benefit for physical and mental development. Um, and you'll get also, I think about meditation and mindfulness is so popular nowadays. Right. That would just be mindfulness through movement. And I prefer uh, that because I think movement is the ultimate grower of the brain and body. Because yeah. um, the, the brain actually developed out of the body's need to process all this information, and it's all movement. And so while I love meditation and neurofeedback and brain games, they're all static. You're not moving while you do them. Big time thank you to Ryan Glatt and Peak Brain Institute for coming on this week's podcast of The Game of Life. If your mind's not fried right now after that information you just received from Ryan, eh, you might just be a robot. And what's really exciting is this is just the first half with Peak Brain Institute and Ryan Glad. We have much more coming in-depth information, how to maximize your brain capacity. So stay tuned, get excited, get your brain juices going. Another episode is coming soon. And now it is time for your favorite, for my favorite, Game of Lifers. Get ready out there. The three pointers of the week. Three pointer number one. The book that I am starting 2018 out with is Rare Leadership by Marcus Warner and Jim Wilder. Basically what it is, is four uncommon habits for increasing trust, joy, and engagement in the people you lead. Ultimate book if you're trying to develop leadership. Cultivate emotional maturity in yourself and others. Promote a strong group identity. Keep relationships bigger than problems. When you prioritize people and lead from a secure identity, you'll be amazed at the freedom you feel and the results you see. And that's what rare leadership is bringing. I got this for a lot of my NBA players to help them grow in their leadership development personally and in their teams overall. Three-pointer number two, the life hack that I am testing, and I am super excited about this one. This is the Aura Ring. 
what is supposed to be the highest level tracking of sleep, recovery, everything. And the Aura Ring is all about you. It measures the psychological signals of your body, understands your lifestyle, guides you to make your own optimal daily choices. Knowing if, hey, I got the best sleep this night, recovered, everything in depth, customized to you and everything that you go through throughout your day. The Aura Ring, check it out. Links will be in the show notes. It's the elite tracker of human optimization. Aura.com, check it out. Three pointer number three, the NBA behind the scenes info. And I have some juicy stuff for you today. So I get the opportunity to sit down with NBA GMs, with people behind the scenes in ESPN, and hear all the trade rumors going on and who's going where in free agency. And this one happens to do with yours, the King, LeBron James. So where's LeBron going next season? Is he going to stay in Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland, you wish. Or is he going to go to L.A.? where everybody thinks he's going to go. Kids enrolled in Brentwood uh, Elementary right down my street, by the way. Anyways, the inside information has him leaning towards two spots not named L.A. or Cleveland. They are Houston and Philadelphia. So you heard it here first, NBA behind the scenes, that LeBron is going to be in a Rockets jersey or a Sixers jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. I wanted to personally thank you all, Game of Lifers out there, for supporting me in 2017. It was a great start to the podcast, the Game of Life, the first year. We have some really big plans for 2018, and I'd just like to share with you our downloads for 2017. We have had 12,563, to be exact, downloads of the Game of Life podcast. It's been a ton of undoing in 2017. It's only going to get better in 2018 with the guests we have on tap coming on up. But what I need from you guys, I need you to reach out, leave a five-star review in iTunes so we can keep getting sponsors and being able to do this. Send a question, your feedback. I want to have a question and answer live coming up soon. And whatever you guys want to see to help you grow individually, become the best version of yourself, Please reach out and let me know. Your support means the world to me, and I want to give back to you. And on that note, I'm sure you're wondering who won the NBA tickets of their choice on the Christmas Day giveaway. Drumroll, please. The winner of the NBA tickets was Trask Morgan of Phoenix, Arizona. Trask Morgan has elected to go to a Phoenix Suns game out here in Los Angeles. As a big Phoenix Suns fan, he wants to see him go up against the Lakers at Staples Center. Lonzo Ball versus Devin Booker. Great choice by Trask Morgan. Thank you, everyone who was entered in the NBA giveaway tickets. We're going to do another one this summer where you're able to pick tickets going into next season. Stay tuned on how you can be entered into all these situations to win the NBA tickets of your choice. Maybe I'll even invite you out here to LA to hang with me and see these NBA players in the offseason. That's the coolest time. Thank you guys for another great week on the Game of Life podcast. Hope you all have had an awesome start to 2018 and haven't broken any resolutions yet. Stay tuned for another week coming up to you. And please go leave that review in iTunes for me. That would be great.
great. That's my resolution. Have everybody leave a five-star iTunes review. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, life's a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, Game of Life, signing off.